Hello. Little bit of housekeeping before I start. First thing is August 3rd, which is this bank holiday weekend, we're hosting Fueling Flow, which is rooftop yoga, coffee, and smoothie bowls. Not in that order. We're going to have the coffee first, then we're going to do yoga, then we're going to have some smoothie bowls on the rooftop of Kale and Coco. That's the Saturday morning of bank holiday. It looks like it's going to be good weather. So as long as it's not raining, it's definitely on. Uh, and also, the next event is Heels Overhead on August 31st. That's in Greystone's yoga studio. It's more than half full now, so or, or half empty. Everyone, everyone look at these things. But both events are on my website, kevinboyyoga.ie. So you can go along to that and for more information or feel free to book straight from the website. This podcast is brought to you by Small Changes. Small Changes are a local, organic, whole foods, plant-based store here in Dublin City. They offer products, refills, a juice bar, and they operate with a zero waste ethos. They're currently based in Drumcondra, but soon to be opening in other areas of Dublin very soon. <laughs> That's all I can say. If you enjoy this podcast, you can share it with your friends on your Instagram stories. You can also leave a review on iTunes because it, there's a lot of podcasts out there and it really helps for the visibility of the podcast, so I believe. And it's nice as well when people give, leave you nice reviews. So thanks to all the 72 people that have left me reviews so far. Um, yeah, I'm very chuffed. You're all very, very kind. <laughs> okay, so today I have with me Brian Malone. Brian is a colleague who's based in Yoga Hub, but Camden Court mainly. He, he teaches in many other places as well. I spoke to him about this time last year, actually. I think it was episode six. And um, a lot has changed for him since then. It's really inspiring because me and him have around the same level uh, of experience in terms of teaching. And, you know, he's, he's hosted his first retreat already. He's uh, leading the teacher training. So, um, yeah, he's he's really interesting guy to to chat to and to learn from and he himself is an eternal student and a very humble guy so i really hope you enjoy this episode with brian without further ado here he is yeah it's been a year I've gone into my presenter mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. How's your year been? <laughs> Epic. It's, it's been good. I remember when you said it to me, it didn't, uh, I couldn't figure out if a year had felt long or short. Um, I remember that the last time we spoke a year ago, you were saying you were going off to do a retreat. Was that, mm. was that the one in Spain? No, so that one didn't happen. Uh, oh, Okay. The, I can't remember now why. Um, or just nobody wanted to come, basically. <laughs> so enough. it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but then I did one um, just a few weeks ago in in Spain. Yeah, kind yeah. of same same company, same. I think the one the year before was in a different place, but this one was in just outside of Malaga, like kind of in the countryside of the mountains. Uh, it was beautiful. Really, really enjoyed it. The whole actually experience of teaching on a retreat was obviously the first one that I'd done. Um, and it was lovely. It was a really, really, really enjoyable week. Yeah. But 
so because it's a company you don't have to organize anything it's no. just a case of show yeah. up and teach it's great <laughs> yeah man that is i think that is the way for, well it depends what your priorities are but you're so busy at the moment with teaching yeah. training that a retreat man it, it takes mm. so much organization mm. and what i've realized as well this is a big one if you decide to co-host with someone mm. you're better off one person organizing it so one person organizes it all and then that person pays the other the other co-host a salary. Yeah, that's better than two people trying to organise it. Because, mm-hmm. in my opinion, this is what I, and from the research I've done is that it gets to unless you live together, you see each other a lot, and you can talk yeah. about things. Trying to communicate over email and stuff, it can get a bit complicated. Yeah, I think if it was to happen, sort of quite uh, organically, it's kind of like. It, it would kind of work quite well, you know, if just true conversations, whatever the idea for a tree kind of comes up and you got kind of go for it. But if it was, yeah, I think almost not forced upon you is not the right way to put it. But if it didn't kind of have that organic beginning to try and co-teach something with somebody would be relatively challenging or co-organize or whatever it might I think, be. Yeah, I think co-teaching it is all right because, um, but it's just the, it's the organization. Yeah. And also as well, how people sign up like what system do you have in place i try to be all flash and use revolut not knowing that most people don't use revolut i, you know? I think my friends in london use that revolut yeah so they're for paying people money that you owe them and stuff paying people money it's it's handy but then maybe it's not as big in ireland yeah i, I don't know i'm not sure i don't use it anyways you don't use it yeah <laughs> so yeah but it's it's really handy and i think um yeah, I, th- I suppose whenever you do something for the first time, you you, you learn, don't you? Like mm. you learn from how you could have done things better. But um, but with the retreat, when you when you went there, were you the the sole yoga teacher? Pretty much. There was another um, one of the ladies who organised the retreat as well. It's a company called Retiros del, del Almas, um, and so one of the ladies as part of that. She is Spanish. She's based in Spain. And she's a yin teacher. So mm, nice. she taught a couple of yin workshops while we were there, which is good. Um, but I was I was kind of doing more of the teaching, um, which is nice. Yeah, it was good. It was actually, it was a little bit more tiring than I kind of expected it to be um, from like a teaching point of view. Mm. Uh, but in a nice way, you know what I mean? It was... Uh, tiring physically or emotionally? Um energetically i'd say more than anything i sort of felt very much um for the first few days at least it was <laughs> i found it a really strange experience at times because i think when a company brings you somewhere to do a retreat hmm. there becomes this sort of level of respect that sort that people kind of treat you with it was very much like oh this is brian he's the teacher (laughs) you know being introduced to people and I was like all right (laughs) and so I think for a few days I kind of acted a bit like that I was very much I am the teacher here I'm you know I have to be you know wise uh, you know coming down for breakfast very much like oh (laughs) but um so I think for the first few days I was going to play nut to that a little bit um but then obviously you get to know like people on the retreat better and um it was a smallish group which was amazing um yeah so that was nice but it was just kind of um i think maybe i felt that i had to be kind of on the ball maybe quite a lot mm. uh because one of the things i realized going over there was there's actually 
quite a big like responsibility without i'm sure the fact that you know going to spain the food was amazing the place was amazing it was definitely a big pull but people are kind of paying money to go with you on holidays kind of yeah. and so i felt quite a lot of uh, responsibility to make it like a nice holiday and um, i think that got a little bit tiring <laughs> <laughs> but is it in a very very nice way you know yeah. what i mean like a, a good kind of tired yeah i yeah. suppose maybe it's a bit like I know I'm not a father, but like when you have a kid, you're like, right now I have to kind of look after people. And, <laughs> and it's not just for an hour. It's yeah. like, you know, go to the shop, get everyone ice lollies. Or, I don't know, whatever you do on a retreat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but it, was, it was a lovely, a really, really nice group of people. Um, and a, a really interesting group of people. Like there was a, one of the girls works in psychology. One of the girls works in kind of like speech therapy. Oh, wow. So people who kind of like, you know, I learned a lot just from like my conversations with them and stuff like that. Um, I sometimes get that as a teacher that like, you know, when there's someone there who's like massively more qualified than you in certain <laughs> things, like yeah, I don't really have that much to offer you. <laughs> like, you know, but um, so it was just a really nice experience. Yeah, I really really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you you knew a couple of people there already from yoga, didn't you? A couple of students. Yeah, yeah. So it was a yeah. lot of people from Dublin that came. Um, that, was that did that make it a bit easier t- in terms of the familiarity? To in a way, yeah, yeah, yeah in a way. Um, I think Irish people in in general have a quite like an easy going way to them, which is always sort of like I think always kind of puts me at ease a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, the thing that I actually enjoyed about it most, and it's something I actually kind of see um, myself moving towards a bit more was just being able to work with people more individually. Um, you know, kind of at the start of the retreat, I gave everyone a piece of paper and was just like, write down what you want from this retreat, you know, whether that's a physical thing, or not physical thing. Um, and I will tailor what we're doing towards what you want to work on, mm. um, which I think is 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 really important. Like, you know, obviously, traditionally, yoga wasn't taught to groups of 40 strangers in a room. It was taught on a, an individual basis, which I think is obviously depending on what exactly you're looking to get from it but i think it is the best way to learn mm. <laughs> under specific tutelage um yeah so that was an aspect of it that i really really enjoyed yeah. um yeah it was that was good that's funny you say that man because i've i don't at the moment i'm doing no privates at mm. all but yesterday my sister asked me if i teach her chaturanga i went down to the, her house and i um ended up i was there for hour and a half and went through loads of fundamental stuff mm. and it was really rewarding to to yeah. to um to teach someone the basics without having to feel like uh yeah you need to entertain a room of 40 people even though i love that i love the uh for myself almost a selfish point of view i love being in a room of 40 people and it's a good buzz and yeah. i love the atmosphere and yeah. and i love being the student in a room of 40 people but definitely there is something about the one-to-one where it's instant feedback yes and and then you can actually also as well you i think or i found i was more conscious of how i was communicating things because i was looking right at her Mm -hmm. and i explained something i look at her facial expression see if she got it or not if she didn't i try and rephrase it or a different way of uh, maybe demonstrating something whereas when you're as you said in the class loads of people you're more thinking about voice projection. Where are you standing in the room? How it's, you have to teach more broadly, I suppose. Yeah. So it's a different skill, but um, 
Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. And I find when people want to work on specific things, um, it's something which I kind of, on some of the teacher training courses, when we talk about like sequencing and stuff like this, and that, you know, if you're teaching a regular flow class, your class should always be relatively balanced. You know, you're kind of t- touching all of the bases of nice things that are to do in a yoga practice. But if someone comes to you and specifically says, I want to work on Chaturanga or I want to learn how to do an inversion or an arm balance, you're not going to teach them warrior two. You're not going to, you know, you're just going to specifically say, these are the things that you might need to work on to do this thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just a really effective way Mm -hmm. to get people working on the things that they need to work on. which I think is really nice. <laughs> it's really good. Have you thought about mentorship? Um, so I'm I'm I want to start one personally with I'm going to start working with Justin Wolfer. Oh yeah, um, yeah individually with a few things, um, which I'm looking forward to, because um, again, specific things I would like to work on, um, and he's obviously an incredible teacher, so to get the chance to to learn from him. And I feel if if I felt through that experience, I was able to pass on some stuff in a useful way. It would definitely would be something that I'd um, mm. that I'd be interested in. Um, I like to offer that to teacher trainees that have just qualified and stuff like that. Not in a specific mentorship way, although I think that would be nice. But obviously, the teacher training groups can also be quite big. But um, mm. to to offer people a bit of guidance if and when I can. Yeah. Um, because again, yeah, it's just something that's really been resonating with me over the last little while. Just that personal relationship with people. Um, I think it's important, and I think it's a really, really beneficial thing. Mm. Um, so it's definitely yeah, something I'd love to, to, yeah, to explore a little bit more. I guess. Yeah, because uh, it's in my it's in my head because someone asked me two days ago and sent me this big long message on Instagram um, about advice and and and. Uh, and mentorship and I thought and I, and I had I had been asked advice before but I never thought of it as mentorship you mm. know and um, and then you know, I started thinking about it and looked doing research as to it, and I don't think I'm quite there yet to give people advice about um, their career although I kind of do it indirectly through the through this podcast but I don't know how much how valuable that is yeah. you know I don't know so at the moment I just advise people you know yeah. there's no charge there's no program but it, um but it is interesting to think that what i sometimes you don't realize what you know and what other people know you know i i take my my system my kind of daily habits as like this is what i do i don't really think about it mm. but i don't i don't you sometimes don't think that some people struggle with projecting their voice or yeah. their body language or their morning routine or the confidence and um that whole whole area i think is really interesting mm. uh, but i mean because i know you said before that you never really struggled with confidence that when you spoke like like what i mean bryce you said, remember you mentioned that you i don't really get nervous you don't get nervous no. yeah which yeah. is interesting yeah, I've never really gotten nervous. The ice, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I've, I've probably said it in the last podcast as well. I sometimes wish I got a little bit more nervous because <laughs> oh, yeah, I find myself being incredibly unprepared sometimes. <laughs> like, oh, if I was like a little bit nervous here, I maybe would have done a bit more work. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, confidence, I'm not so sure. Like, I wouldn't necessarily like describe myself as an 
overly confident person but uh but definitely like nerves is not something i've ever really yeah. never i've ever had that much of a problem with yeah. um <laughs> as i say good and bad sides to that <laughs> yeah. would you say like from from the trainings that because you've done a fair few trainings now you've been assisted on trainings as well and you know you've led your own trainings mm. um I'm, I'm interested like about when people do a teacher training what is the one thing that really surprises them? Do you think that they that you've seen as a trend that people say, "Man, I wasn't expecting X" after they've done the training? Um, it's hard to say. Most of the trainings I've done, I've I've led would have been kind of ten month courses and stuff like that. So I find those are actually sort of a, a gentler. Um, a slightly gentler way to, to to kind of ease into the course. Um, I think people are always overwhelmed by the amount of information, um, whether that's physically, philosophically, you know, there's so many subtle things that go into the practice. So I think that's something that's always like slightly overwhelms people. Um, but compared to say a an intensive course i find the 10 month courses are a slightly more kind of gentler way to sort of ease their way into it but what i would probably say is what surprises most people is the amount of people who as the course goes on find out that they do want to teach mm. um that so many people started without that much of an expectation of teaching or and i find that so many people end up with that kind of desire to want to teach mm. um which I always find a little bit surprising. Uh, not that you know the people aren't capable or anything like that, but it's uh, it's yeah, it's it's a lovely thing to see people kind of maybe it's a confidence thing or yeah. uh, um, but see people sort of grow into that role of being comfortable with sharing in that way. I think is a lovely, lovely thing to see, mm. uh, and I think that is something which maybe takes people by surprise a little bit. Um, so, do you think that's because it's quite a emotionally charged environment? Like if you did, if you did, for example, I've done this before uh, when I've worked in corporate jobs, they put you on uh, public speaking courses mm. or they do this and you do it because you feel like you should, the company are paying for it, but it doesn't make you want to do, uh, to lead the next board meeting. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I found. <laughs> I just, I just thought, oh, this is a bit of a, do this is a bit of yeah. a dos. I can kind of like, you know, take a half day off work, go through these <laughs> presentation <laughs> things. And then, and then, but then when it came to, oh, you know, maybe Kevin, you'll lead the next meeting. I'm like, oh God, because yeah. I think maybe because I was, I wasn't interested in, in the topic. And, 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 and also as well, it is a very like, the environment was, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And um, that's what I'm wondering. Like, do you think well, it's because, well, why is it that people want to make, because that's a big jump to go from not wanting to teach yeah. to want to teach. Yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 I definitely think this part of the challenge of teaching yoga or teaching anything that you care about, I'm sure, is that there it does feel like a level of um, exposure. I think when you're kind of talking about something that you really, really care about. Um, that can make you feel a little bit vulnerable maybe um but i think maybe it's just people maybe find a little bit more confidence in being able to express what they really gain from the practice and i think i think like anything if when, when you really really 
love something and when you like get a lot of benefit from it, you're going to want to share that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If you get a really good recipe or like if you see a really good film, you want to share that with people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something which kind of develops in people over the course is that they maybe gain a little bit more ownership of what it is that they really love about the practice. Mm-hmm. And that maybe gives them a little bit more ownership in feeling like they want to share it a bit, mm-hmm. which I think is a lovely thing. Like I think it's, a, it's, it's really, really nice. I always say to people, at the start of every course, one of the first things that I say to people is that just because you love practicing yoga does not mean you're going to love teaching yoga. It's mm. a different thing. You yeah. you might love playing music. It doesn't mean you're going to want to sit down and teach someone how to play basic chords. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just it's not it's not quite the same thing. Um, but I I'm always uh, surprised is probably the wrong word, but I'm always happy would be a better word, by the amount of people by the end of the course mm-hmm. feel that it's something that they want to do. It's nice. Yeah, it's really, really nice. And I think as well, from my own personal experience, when I've been on courses, if I've liked the trainer, if mm-hmm. I've there's something about them that I either identify with or I want to replicate. And, and uh, I, I, I see a trainer, say, for example, when I was doing my 300 hour at Dice, I remember I was such a fanboy. I was sitting right in the front, <laughs> in the front like, there he is, you know, and then he he's talk- a pretty impressive man. Yeah. Yeah. And he's mate, he's a sweetheart as well. He's a lovely, yeah. he's such a lovely guy. But, um, and then he'd, he'd say things or do things a certain way or handle a situation that way. And I think I'd, I, I'd like to be more like that. Mm. That's a part of my personality that I think I'm capable of doing, but I just haven't practiced it enough. Yeah. For example, he, his, patience the way he delivers things so he's so sensitive in how he delivers things mm-hmm. and so seeing that made me want to become a better teacher yeah. sounds really cheesy but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well i think if anybody who's good at anything whatever it is has to be a really good magpie you know what i mean like no one what's the what's magpie is that like borrow things okay all like, right, yeah, yeah. like everyone who whether it's a high-level sportsman, a high-level musician, a high-level teacher of anything, those high-level people, to me, are the people who are really good at borrowing things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I don't think there's any kind of... I think that's a really good quality to have, yeah. to, to look to replicate um, things that you find are really beneficial. I, I think it's a good thing. Mm. Uh, but but also, as well, it's not it's the personality yeah. themselves, the character of the person, mm. but how they deliver the information as well. Because... Sometimes you can, we were talking about this downstairs a little bit, but sometimes you can uh, deliver content in a way that's very dry or very, you know, when you're in school and uh, they have the slides up and the slides are, everything that's on the slides is in the manual or whatever you'll read the handout, whatever you're given. And the teacher's going through bullet point after bullet point after bullet point, basically reading the manual to you, but via slides. And <laughs> and, and what I'm really interested in, what I'm really interested in is how content is delivered. So my missus, she's just done her massage course, um, yeah, which she's doing really well, actually. I won't go into that, but um, she did, was talking about I don't know if I can say this, but uh, t- two different um, presenters who had very different styles. That's all I'll say. And how, how how one was way more engaged than the other. One, they were really interested in the topic. Mm-hmm. And two, there was no, like, what that system. It was yeah. very much, I don't even think they had slides or anything. They were just talking about it. And they were talking about their own personal experience with it as mm-hmm. well. Which um, And that's made me interested um, to... to to, for you to 
talk about if you don't mind how you you deliver your uh teacher training your system because i think it sounds really good yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i kind of like we were talking about it before um i sort of just kind of like fell into it um it was wasn't like a plan of mine it wasn't like a you know i didn't go to the yoga hub and say i've got these great ideas for the teacher training course let me do it uh it just sort of happened so i had to like very much learn on the on the fly um but i i definitely think a big part of it is sort of teaching from your own experience and not so much from manuals and not slides are good i like slides but <laughs> but but to to cuz i think if 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 you don't teach from your experience if you're like jason crandall had a really nice post about this like a while ago when he said about teaching from what you've actually felt you know what i mean and that you can teach you can sort of know the basis of things you can sort of know the structure of something and you could teach that structure probably quite effectively but if you're not teaching it from personal experience there's always going to be a little something missing you know what i mean um and so i think that's what i try to do like i i definitely would never ever claim to be someone who knows a huge amount um but i feel like the stuff that i do know i know quite well and I try to t- teach basically what I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, it seems to be going okay. <laughs> so far, so far. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. um, all- I, I was really conscious. I don't know if you might have <laughs> like felt it a little bit with the last teacher training group that qualified. Um, and I was just so conscious that they'd spent so much time with me um, and that I'd really kind of like limited their <laughs> experience <laughs> by just, you know, and... Uh, but they all seem to do really well. How, would you, like, how would you limit their experience? Or what makes you think that? Well, maybe that's not the right way to put it, but just that that I I think I have a relatively specific way of looking at things, or or, or I just think there's very specific things I find really beneficial because it's kind of, as I say, the things that I've felt yeah. within my own practice. And so even if those things are maybe a little bit less traditional is maybe not the right word but a less but that's just that's just the, that's what i teach you know what i mean like i won't teach something that i haven't felt within myself to mm-hmm. be really beneficial um and because i'm only one person i'm sure that means that there's lots of stuff that i don't experience as being beneficial which other people would um i but i think it's really important to be subtle and i'm sure I mean, you are very subtle but uh, with how that's commun- communicated <laughs> <Yeah, okay. laughs> <laughs> but how that's communicated like for example sometimes you're you're you, you it's possible that people fall into the habit of saying okay this is the traditional thing but i don't agree with it this is what i think mm-hmm. and i think like it's important to say to people this is one philosophy behind something, whether mm. it's bending the knee, not bending, whatever it may be. And this is this is what I've experienced. Yeah. And and to kind of because you want to allow people to make up their own decision, I suppose. And mm. and and speaking personally is great, definitely. But what I'm conscious of when I'm communicating is that I'm not saying that means it's right. Yeah. Um. And I and I think that I've become way more conscious of this than when I'm just talking in general. That I'm not. Um, it's like 
fund a fundamentalist about things and uh and sometimes when you're trying to get a point across you it's easy to slip into being a fundamentalist yeah. <laughs> instead of being a bit more considerate about other schools of schools of thought um but you know you know you said about you don't, okay you don't know everything and that's kind of a a, a comment that sometimes we all say sometimes oh we don't know everything but ultimately in my opinion the yoga teacher training for me was not to learn necessarily about yoga, but to learn about how to teach yoga. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was to learn how to become, or how to move towards being a master in terms of teaching yoga mm -hmm. for what it means to you. Um, and I think that that is, that that's, that would be the main thing I would assume people that want to get out of a teacher training. Have you, have you seen different? Yeah, yeah. I actually find most people, the majority of people who would sign up for a course that I've taught on anyways, wouldn't necessarily have that much of an interest, or at least they wouldn't ex explicitly express that much of an interest in teaching. Um, and What's the I, main interest then? To, to learn more about to yoga and deeper yeah, practice? Yeah, I think so. Um, like personally, when I did my teacher training course, after the first week... I kind of didn't want to do any of the teaching specific stuff. You know what I mean? I just wanted to do the practice, the philosophy. Like that was, and then when it came to like, oh, this is how you cue. And I was like, oh, fuck's sake. I don't really care about this that much. Like I didn't actually have that interest in wanting to teach. Um, and yeah, so I'd find a lot of people, I think over the duration of the course, that stuff, they, they definitely maybe grow into that a little bit more. Mm. But I think most people are just a little bit more interested in, and learning a bit more about their own practice, whether that's physically, learning a little bit more about the philosophy that's kind of like underpins everything. Um, and obviously some interest in the teaching part as well. But it's very rare that you would get, like say in the first few weeks, talking to people that there, there will be a few people who'd say, yes, I would, I want to teach. But most people are kind of like, oh, see what happens. Mm. Um, which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Actually speaking about that weekend. When uh, did you uh, know that you wanted to teach? Before you did the course? <laughs> um, no, I, I did the course. I did the course because I wanted to learn more about yoga, mm. but because I started practicing yoga. And was just so it was just an intensive or? No, it was every year. It was over, yeah. Yeah, one weekend a month for a year. And then one day I had a conversation with my sister. Um, and I remember I was teaching her plank, just just plank. Uh, and and i was i was like sweating teaching her you know i was so into it i was like and if you do this with your hand and that with your hand and she, my sister kind of looked at me and goes you could because i was at the same time i was talking about how i felt lost in my job and she said you could do this for a living mm. and I, I i kind of just I laughed it off and but it's put a little seed in my head and then when i went back to the teacher training i started thinking about oh shit now is going to come the time where you got to stand up in front speak in front of people and i was just like i already felt awkward because i was not being sexual, I was the only guy in the course. I couldn't sit cross-legged. I was a bit awkward, not flexible. And then when they told us to get up and speak, although I was nervous and stuff, I thought, I had a moment where I was like, oh, this could be something I do for a living. Mm. And I, although I was nervous and I made a show of myself, I kind of didn't know what I was saying. I was trying to teach Trikonasana and I just got it all <laughs> I got my left and right mixed up and stuff. But then I thought, it just, then it kind of went went from there, really. Yeah. Um, but, um yeah, what about you? When did you realize? I never. Re it, it, it just sort of happened. Like genuinely, it's not even. I, I, looking back now, I don't even. I was working in the yoga hub, 
for a little while on reception and Katie Coldrick, yeah. who she kind of was, she was sort of head of the teaching side of things at the time. And to this day, I, I genuinely don't know why. Like, I think I'd been in her classes and stuff, but like, it wasn't like she, oh, whoa, this guy is amazing. We've got to get this guy to teach. Like, she was always like, oh, when are you going to teach? When are you going to teach? And I was like, and it was eventually, I think sort of just so she would stop asking me. I was like, <laughs> I'll do a, a, like, I'll do a demo class with her. Uh, I did a demo class with her and Casey. Um, t- two people, like, I, uh, I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for those two. And for whatever reason, they decided to, like, support me in these ways i have absolutely no idea but they did and i couldn't be more grateful but so i I did a and so this is one of the cases where my lack of nerves sort of like didn't pay off so because i went into a demo class for them and was only literally walking into the studio i realized i'd practiced my sequence i'd I'd basically stole a sequence off patrick beach and i had like a i was like oh i can this is gonna be good like it flows nicely and all that sort of stuff i was only walking into the yoga hub that i realized i hadn't practiced like speaking any of it like i just practiced (laughs) doing it i mean i was like fuck and so when i went in it was obviously it was a disaster like it was just <laughs> like and afterwards they're like oh yes the sequence is really nice but um like the rest of it was terrible <laughs> okay but they were like oh, we'll, we'll do it again in a few weeks and did it again in a few weeks that one went like a little bit better because i'd practiced and uh at the start of the year so that was kind of coming to the, towards the end of that year 2016 15 i don't know but um and Art was leaving to go to Thailand. And so one of his classes was available. And for whatever reason, Katie just said, take that class. And it's just also like went from there. Um, yeah. So it was never like, a, I'd never, still to this day, there's sometimes I'll be in a class teaching and I'll just have this moment like, what the hell is going on here? Like, <laughs> how, how did this happen? Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, it wasn't planned, but it, it seems to be going okay so yeah. far. Well, I mean, it, it's one of those situations where sometimes you don't need a plan. Mm. I, I mean, I remember um, when I was when I was still working in the corporate world, I wanted to start my own business, and I met up with this business advisor, mm. and he said, "Have you got a business plan?" And I said, "No, because I don't know what's going to be happening in a year. How can I plan for something?" And I, I think that's almost. Uh, an old-fashioned way of thinking. In in this software industry, they call it agile, agile planning, where you have a, a general idea, a mission statement as to mm-hmm. what your aligns with what you want from your life, and then when things opportunities come, well, opportunities don't come up. You generally, normally, you have to go out and get them. Um, then you decide, okay, this this is gonna, this is aligns with my whole mission statement in my life, or it doesn't. And um, why am I talking about? I forgot why I'm talking about this. Um, <laughs> but um, that—that's why. Sounds I, like a plan you'd need a lot of money for. <laughs> <laughs> Just see what happens, basically. <laughs> yeah. No, but but I I do think like um, as you said that with the teacher training, it kind of you saying that you you didn't plan it, but you. It's probably really bad advertisement for the training. No, no, man. No, no. <laughs> Just come along. We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I mean, you do plan to teach, but you didn't. Oh, yeah. You didn't plan to be a teacher trainer. Yeah. But um, but often you it's right place at the right time, and I'm sure you were doing a great j- job, and therefore when the opportunity came up, 
you're the first person they thought of. So, mm. um, but I, I do, I do, I, what I realize is that everything I do now, every single thing I do with the podcast, the sponsors, like all the, the corporate classes, public classes, events and stuff, every single one I've started, as in I've sent the email, I've started it. I mean, so maybe some people get people approaching them, but I realized that, and I say this to my missus as well, I says like, you, like, I can say this now, but she's going to be massage therapist, right? It's kind of a big deal. And I'm like, you made this happen. Mm. You know, sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit that we feel like life happens to us, but it, you'd be amazed when you realize how much control, you influence you can have in your own life. I've, I'll get off my Tony Robbins box now. No, well, <laughs> it's interesting because I've, I was in India in January and I, for the first time, I read like the Bhagavad Gita mm. and I learned a lot about karma, which I never really understood before. Um, and I always understood karma as like cosmic comeuppance. You know what I mean? That like if you do something bad, karma's going to like come back and get you. Mm -hmm. um, but what I understand about it now is that karma basically means cause and effect. So every single action, so that's the word karma means action. Every single action you take is both a cause and an effect. So it's both something which is the result of a previous action and sets the stage for future actions. It basically encourages you towards moment by moment um, experience mm -hmm. to understand that each moment is unfolding into the next one and that what you do in this moment will be uh, will result in what happens in the next. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's something which can give you a lot of ownership. Yeah, um, definitely. That, that, that I think it's something that we we very sort of intuitively feel but maybe don't always take ownership of it in the way that we possibly could. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's something that I, I, I sort of like see in a lot of things now, this sort of unfolding of karma in this interesting way. Uh, yeah, it's cool. But it gives you, I think, a bit of a sense of empowerment as well, because I think that, um, you know, say, say my missus again, I know, I know I talk about it all the time, but... Um, it's very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so that... Uh, you make me feel bad. My girlfriend's going to give her that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Lauren. She's, she's, she's a lovely person. She's great. She's great. Really great. Um, but um, that... She, so my missus would say like that she feels kind of... You feel a bit vulnerable when you've gone from everything is structured out for you in a nine to five, you know, mm. your whole day is structured. You don't have to think about strategy or anything like that. But now you have a sense of vulnerability because it's all on you and it could go away at any moment. But what I'm trying to get across is that um, when you work for someone else in a nine to five job, you don't know where that, is it the sword of Damocles, they call it? You don't know what's happening o overhead. Yeah. You don't know if you're going to be gone the next week or if you could be there for 20 years. But at least when you take empowerment, take um, stock and responsibility of what you're doing, you understand that there is a, a law of a rule of cause and effect and that you you can um, you know, make things happen and everything affects everything. And I think that is um, something to be excited about. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, uh, it can be scary as well. Um like the idea of security is obviously something that's kind of like ingrained into us as human beings mm. and moving towards positions that feel less secure is obviously a little bit um, scary. But uh, but like I said, I think 
it's an opportunity for a lot of self-study, a lot of like growth. Mm. I'm always a little bit resistant to that word, or I have always been a bit resistant to that word, but I'm trying to like... What, growth? Yeah. Why? Uh, I don't know. It's... um. So I've become <laughs> I've become very philosophical over the last few months, but I've um, hmm. I've I've I'm trying to pay more attention to my patterns, um, and I personally think a pattern that I had for a long time was this idea of I'm a very consistent person. I'm a very sort of like steady, consistent person, and this idea of like growth I always felt as sort of like um. Uh, reaching maybe i'm not too sure of the right way to put it i'm still trying to kind of like contextualize it with my own head but i actually think that uh it was just a pattern i have i had like a resistance towards um ambition maybe well, it might be a word that i might might use mm-hmm. um and so the two words that i've always like really disliked is like growth and journey unless it's about an actual <laughs> physical journey i've always had this kind of like my like my handstand journey like i i hate that but i'm starting to realize now that that's actually just that's like a, a pattern i have for whatever reason i've developed this pattern where i feel resistant to that sort of way and i'm trying to move past that and yeah. become a little bit more open to the idea of like growth and well, not th- journey so i'm gonna journeys might take me a little bit more while to get used to but uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um that's funny. <laughs> um yeah, the I I I know what you mean about about patterns, but I think maybe yeah, okay, say say Donnie it's semantics, but if not growth then maybe just awareness. Yeah. Awareness to and it's definitely No, growth's a good word. I'm okay. I'm I'm I need to get over that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um but we're talking about resistance and it's so funny you say that because um this person asked about mentorship. They were saying how they're resistant, or they didn't say the word resistant, but they are reluctant to sh- to go out and try and get uh, more classes for themselves, mm-hmm. and because they're you know scared that it won't work, or they don't they don't want to go into a role where they don't f- see themselves as that person. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about this this case an example as an example and. I took uh, reference the book uh, The War on Art. You know the the thing about why we resist things because we don't want to to fail essentially. And I and I f- I feel this on a weekly basis because every week I try to teach something that I'm practicing. I I, yeah. I and um, therefore I practice it. I understand it in my own body how to regress it, progress it. Then I have to figure out how I'm going to teach that. And I've realized that um, sometimes I almost chicken out and I almost think, no, I'll just stick with the, with the fundamentals and do, you know, kind of a teacher class that's worth my grasp. But then I, I think, no, this is, this, is, this is what I really like to do. I get excited about teaching new stuff that works for me and feels good in my body. Um, but I do experience that, that resistance that we all do. Um, it's like with the, the teacher training, you know, preparing for my, the, uh, to teach the teacher training. I had that resistance of, wow, this is a lot of work. Mm. And then you start procrastinating. (laughs) And you do the things that are easier, like the Instagram post or the send that email or whatever, instead of, um, what's that? Oh, it's a plane or something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or instead of, um, you know, addressing the the most important task at at hand. Mm. 
I think responsibility is like is a difficult thing. Um and I think maybe when you're teaching more so the stuff that you care about, like you're sort of saying, you feel more responsible for it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's less that like if people don't enjoy it, you can be like, Oh, they just weren't interested in the fundamental stuff, you know what I mean? That's the but if people aren't interested in stuff that you care about, it's like they're not interested it's in me. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's so like, true. Um so I think it that's like yeah, it can be a scary thing. Yeah. Um but again to, to, to constantly keep referring to these trainings but again it's one of the things that I, I always try to say to people at the start of the trainings as well that if you are going to teach it's better to teach two people something that you really feel is beneficial to share mm. than 40 people something that you don't really give a shit about yeah um, now obviously that might not necessarily like pay the bills but not everyone has to make their living being a yoga teacher and I think to mm. to, to yeah, I think it's an important thing to 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 teach the things that you actually want to teach. Because yeah, yeah because then you, you might have a smaller, um, uh, like, audience is not a great word, but like, yeah, no, like a yeah. student base, or, student base. Yeah. You might have, but they'll be the ones that really like your style, yeah. and then they'll come. Because like, I I I think like, I don't the amount of people that come to the workshops is not as important as I like it when it's the same people and I'm like mm. oh this is cool you know that they, they actually I'm doing something right yeah. um, it's great when new people come as well don't get me wrong but I think oh this is good I'm seeing the same faces and as well it's it's quite satisfying when you've known someone for a year mm. and I mean man I have seen some people that come to my classes and they're like the progression they've made is unbelievable yeah. it's just phenomenal yeah. people that come in and and I've had you know I'm sure you get there as well people that send you messages and stuff to say I was on certain medication for years and now I can do X, Y, Z and I don't, I'm completely healthy and I start eating differently and stuff like this. Mm. And that is really satisfying compared to um, just all about the numbers and yeah. doing big events. But um, although I wouldn't say that, no to that either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I always, well, I personally feel that the role of a teacher is kind of relatively limited. Um, I think unless the engagement of a student is there, then there's, you could be the greatest teacher in the world. You're not going to get very far. Mm. Um, and I, I find when you're, when you have teachers that are kind of passionate, they attract students that are passionate. Mm. And I think that's where really amazing progress can happen. Mm -hmm. um, Spe speaking yeah. of passion, I'm going to do a little segue here. Mm. But, um, <laughs> I got, I got, I got to talk about um, the the legend that is Jenny Keane. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and that we that weekend. And I wanted to ask you about this because um, this is not in my comfort zone, and I th but I think it's a really important part of teacher training uh -huh. is getting people out of their comfort zone and, yeah. and doing like you know. So to kind of to paint a picture for people, um, the last weekend of yoga teacher training for Yoga Hub in Camden the Camden branch um, it was the graduation weekend like a thunderstorm yeah, there's a thunderstorm happening ooh it's exciting it's Jenny Keane energy <laughs> she can hear you talking about it <laughs> forgive us Jenny have mercy <laughs> but um, so um, yeah so the, the that weekend it was the graduation weekend assessments that type of thing and I was there as to help with the assessments and uh so jenny did this uh ceremony at the end 
where we did some dancing, interpretive dancing. Uh, I don't know what I was doing, dancing, <laughs> but I was jumping around. And um, long, eye ca- on, long, long eye contact holding and kind of hugging this type of thing and talking about um, that kind of, you get, you get the idea basically. Yeah. And this is sim- something similar to what I did in the cacao ceremony when mm. I went to Bali. And I, I found it, with stuff like that, I start off, I'm like, oh no, oh no, I know what, what's gonna happen here. And I just, I had that resistance. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm out of my comfort zone, I've got to be. Um, but I, it, it, it is tra- transformative, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Um, <laughs> So I, I nearly cried, man. Yeah. I wasn't there. I had to go to Spain. So oh, you I, weren't there? I wasn't Shit. there, no. Oh, but man, I've, sorry, but I've, It's okay. But, <laughs> but I've done one of them with her before. The summer training last year, she yeah. did something similar. Um, yeah, it's... I think a huge part of teaching, um, and one of the parts of teaching which I think it's such a beneficial spill over into your general life is to get a little bit better at like sharing um and a huge part of sharing is obviously not just words it's like your presence in that moment as well um mm-hmm. with stuff like eye contact or that's it's 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 uh, yeah i think it's a, it's a really interesting thing to go through um mm. There's just a lot that can be kind of taken from it. Mm. On my teacher training, it was like the first time I got to kind of introduce to stuff like that, that in one of our second days, we had to do eye contact and um, like hugging and so like like um, kind of stream of consciousness, like speaking and things like that. Mm. Uh, to a partner. To, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's something that I struggle with a little bit sometimes. So it's something which I think is is like a really good thing to work on. Yeah. Um, and something that I'm trying to include a little bit more in trainings now as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think it can be a little bit easy if we're going to like talk about patterns and stuff like that to yeah. to to not necessarily be dishonest, but to share in sort of very structured ways. Um, like anyway, it's such a cliche but you know when people say oh how are you doing say, oh yeah I'm fine regardless of what's going on mm-hmm. um, you can't really do that when you're making eye contact with someone for an extended period of time mm-hmm. like you can't pretend to be feeling a certain way and even if the way you're feeling is really like, awkward you still can't pretend to not feel awkward mm-hmm. and I think that kind of exposes you to a level of vulnerability which I think is really important mm-hmm. um, something we could all do with it with a little bit of um, yeah. even though it's tough <laughs> yeah but it does um, pe- peel away layers as, as well mm. because um, for example in that cacao ceremony I've talked about this in, my, in the episode I did about Bali but I went in and you know people we, and I'll say this as well a, a, a good yo- yogi or a yoga practitioner is someone who practices non-judgment definitely right but I find myself ju- <laughs> I find myself judging people Um <laughs> And I think well, probably that's why it's a practice because I'm yeah. trying not to, yeah. you know. And I remember going into the cacao ceremony. These two guys came in carrying like bongos, and they had their uh, like man bun going on, and they were like uh, talking. So sorry for that. Sorry for that. <laughs> you, got, you, got a lovely, you got a lovely mane. But like, and they were. It was all like really intense eye contact, really looking at you for a really long time. And I thought to myself, 
because I was uncomfortable, I was reflecting that back on them. I was a bit like yeah. thinking, I just thought, oh, this is so cliche. That's mm. that's. I didn't think anything bad, but I just thought this is cliche. Yeah. Instead of going, you seem like nice people, whatever. But then once we got into the chanting, the dancing, the intense, really intense uh, vinyasa class, mm. and Johan Guest was doing the, um, he's, he's Brian Guest's nephew. He was doing like these motivational quotes as we were practicing going, Beautiful people aren't just, don't happen by accident. Beautiful people, <laughs> yeah, we are all beautiful. And, it, and, and I was like, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I was real like, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this. And I was, sweat was pouring, I was looking at Rach and, you know, it was like, and then I was, and then I was completely into it. I was like, I'm, com- I'm here now. Because I think actual chanting together singing together singing or chanting mm. i think that's really powerful it's like yeah. when you go to a football game and you start singing with each other yeah something happens man vagus nerve apparently yes so go this, on bro this... preach <laughs> no i'm with you on this one go but on. it's true so your, your vagus nerve your 10th cranial nerve it's a yeah. it's the um it's a really important nervous uh, for parasympathetic nervous system stimulation but it's also known as your nerve of um, compassion. So obviously we evolved as a species to be communal mm-hmm. um, and that there's built into our system things which encourage community. Mm-hmm. And one of these is like our vagus nerve and apparently things that activate the vagus nerve is things like chanting, um, singing, uh, bowing. is one of the theories of why religion is so effective because a lot of the religious practices um, probably not consciously but they they stimulate vagus nerve activation and mm. um, community cold water i was surprised when i learned that one apparently cold water stimulates the vagus nerve mm. um so yeah so i i think i yeah i think there's a huge thing to be said for that kind of group practice in terms of things like chanting mm-hmm. or like i said the kind of group energy that can build around a practice because we are designed to be communal yeah. it's it's part of what we are as a as a species mm-hmm. um and also yeah. brian i think it's important to distinguish between singing and chanting because mm. often people think i'm not singing i can't sing but you with chanting with you're simply creating a vibration and that yeah. is that that to stimulate the vagus nerve and that is um the essence of it you're vi- you're vibrating together but we're all vibrating yeah. on the same vi- or yeah. similar vibration and man i i think that um for me, now, I see, yeah, so I like to do, what me and my girlfriend do is we go back to back at the end of a home practice, back to back, hands together, uh, namaskar, and do three arms. And you you know when you feel each other vibrating, it's like real, yeah. um, it, it's powerful, man. Um, but yeah, that, that, that type of thing interests me because... Do you teach, do you ever practice arms when you teach in your classes? Um, 95% of the time, yeah. yeah. I, I like to do three in a row. Um, but I do preface it by saying, look, yeah. it's not singing. Right? <laughs> I can't sing. I can't sing. And you can hum instead for the vibration um, or you don't have to make a noise, but I'd recommend it. And I, yeah. I do talk about the vagus nerve sometimes, but I try to keep it quite short because I, um, I mean, your explanation was brilliant, but, you know, in a class, you kind of can't, oh, yeah, yeah. especially at the end, people. Yeah. Um, do you like doing the um? No. No. Okay. Uh, no, so when I teach, I don't. Okay. Um, but I don't know why though. Maybe I will. <laughs> um, I think it was just a habit. I would ha- I would have had you down as an ummer. No. That's, um, a, that's a verb. But maybe I'll begin. Maybe I'll start. Um, 
I like to give, I always like to finish classes by just letting people just have a moment to just reflect on their own kind of reasons for practicing. Yeah. But there's absolutely no reason why I couldn't include an ohm in there as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it, it's a really beautiful part of the practice. Yes. Like it really, really is. I think it really yeah. is. It, it puts everyone on, on a similar mm. level almost. Um, Another thing I, I started doing a lot more recently, because I'm just more comfortable with it, is guided meditation. So I'll take mm. people for a guided meditation. And um, I've been doing one lately, and it's not like I'm not trying to make people cry, but I do feel when people are crying. Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little bit happy yeah. when people do I'm cry. Like, I'm like, looking around, no one's crying yet. Okay, I'll go for it. <laughs> Imagine a sick puppy. <laughs> but, um, but, but but I'm a I I I kind of encourage people to feel something. It's like this is this is the thing that I I, I like to get across is that um, we don't always have to feel calm. And when I'm practicing yoga, I feel a spectrum of of emotions because I'm a pretty emotional person. Mm. And uh, and it's good to feel that to 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 see what you're feeling and just without reacting. But and I and I feel that if you can end a class where yeah, I mean, again, there doesn't have to be an actual physical expression of emotion, but to, for people to feel something, I think that can be, it's quite powerful, you know. Because mm. I am, I am quite, I was, because I'm changing now, <laughs> because I want to, I am, I have been in the past guilty of being very anatomical. Okay, this is the benefits of this pose, very physical, mm. not um, talking about the other stuff. So, and I find with yoga, I I have I really like teachers that touch on the that move outside the physical stuff. I really like that, mm. um, and I, so therefore that's why what interests me about with the teacher training, being able to um, do group activities or yeah t- tasks where people are interacting with each other mm. in a way that involves imagination or creativity or. Um, or something like that and yeah. uh, I'm um, yeah go on so no but it's it's one of my favourite things about the teacher training courses is that it is interactive it's not so much you kind of standing at the top or middle of a room being do this do this it's um, you get a feel for why people are there and um, it's interesting it's, it's, it's for me personally at least like it's such an amazing learning opportunity um, like I learn so so much mm-hmm. every course not even the course even in general classes and stuff like that but like it's um, it's, it's why I'm sometimes a little bit resistant to the idea of like classing myself as a teacher because I feel like I'm I'm kind of learning and developing as much as anybody else is mm-hmm. um, and so it's a, it's a really really nice thing about the teacher training courses mm-hmm. or for the retreat for example or anything where you get to kind of work with people in a slightly more um not that the teacher trainings aren't formal, but it's not as, you know, you're not just in a room with 60, or not sick, but you're not in a room with like, you know, a, a, a group of strangers for 60 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, that it is more kind of, well, at the same time, I know some teachers who are able to create that sort of interactive environment within a class, but uh, mm. yeah, it's a nice thing. A class is a bit more like, um, in my opinion, a, a performance slightly because they're there for to be delivered something in a certain flow, a certain pace. Um, there's a 
you know, you're there to present an idea, essentially, uh, constantly be presenting ideas. Whereas, as you said, you know, um, teacher training is interactive. Yeah. And therefore, you almost, um, how I felt in the past on the student side is, you almost become like um, th their peer. You feel like more like your peers. Yeah. And you're sharing knowledge as opposed yeah. to that is the teacher, they know everything. Um, in fact, actually, that's something that I'm mindful of as well, that I like to, to kind of let people know, look, uh, you know, I don't believe in having a guru. I, I think that I just really enjoy doing yoga and this is what, how it's helped me and hopefully it helps you the same way. I hope you like the class, that kind of thing. But there's a thin line between that and being self-deprecating. Because I also, when I'm in a class, I want to know the teacher's in control and, yeah. you know. Um, but again, that comes down to communic communication skills, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I'm actually, I, I'll give a shout out to... Um, not a shout out, but I sent an email to this guy who's a public speaking. He's like one of the major like public speaking coaches in uh, in Ireland. So hopefully, going to get him on the podcast. But have you ever done anything like that, like public speaking course or anything like that? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I think that's probably quite obvious. <laughs> I like You're being self deprecating, uh, there, Brian. <laughs> um, no. It's an interesting thing, like, again, as I find myself getting a little bit more philosophical as I get older, hmm. um, actually just language itself is something which fascinates me. Yeah, um, Just how language works. Um, I just find it so, so, so interesting. And I think it's something, as a teacher, it's such, a, it's such an incredible tool um, and, and that can be used so effectively. Um, in subtle ways as well. So it's definitely something I w I would love to, yeah, not to say learn more about, but it's yeah. I think it's just something that's so interesting. The mm. the use of language yeah. and 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 what language is. It's I've listened to a lot of like Michael Stone, and he always talks about how language is just a tool. You know, it's not. You're never actually describing the actual thing when you use language, or you're never capturing the actual thing. You're only just, there's always a separation when language is used. but ha And that can become a real barrier. Mm -hmm. um, that can become a real mask. Or it can become a, a really playful way to get close to what we're actually feeling. Mm. Um, and I just find that it's such an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. Such an interesting thing. Yeah. Have you thought about how you're going to explore that topic more or learn more about it? Um no, not really. Because <laughs> um, I feel like there's only so many articles you can read or YouTube videos you can watch because I've done the same about yeah. learning about, about about language and how to be a, a better communicator and how a better listener and stuff. And I'm interested in, in like um, maybe... I mean, this helps recording yourself and I listen to this and yeah. myself speak. And... But... It's very unpolished, these podcasts, you know, there's ums and ahs and bad words sometimes and stuff <laughs> like this. But it, but this is how I would speak through downstairs having a cup of tea. Yeah. Um, but I do think that when you're communicating ideas um, that are more like technical ideas to people, that it's the first, the, the most important thing is that you want to, that you're interested in language, I think, to be a really good communicator. Mm -hmm. Whether, whether um, how you develop that is really kind of subjective as to how good you are as a communicator but I think as well I completely agree language is so interesting and voice 
is, mm. is so interesting as well um, because um, that is such a, a a good tool yeah um, yeah it's it's, it's a it, it, it's a really I think when you sort of really start to break it down when you start to think about communication and stuff like that it does become a kind of a philosophical thing um, and it does kind of open you up to uh, a lot of sort of in-depth thinking about yourself I think when you start to kind of really analyze how you communicate like why you communicate why you kind of use these methods and stuff like that it, uh, I think it says a lot about you um and stuff like this again when we kind of come back to talking about like patterns and stuff like that it can be mm-hmm. and I actually think it ties into the idea of like security as well that it can be like kind of weird exploring these things but it's a very enlightening like yeah. process as well um yeah it's interesting I think it's it's good to be um introspective in that way yeah. and, and because ultimately while well, our words are powerful man like mm. we we don't uh, realize it sometimes but you know to, to some people in a class we can re- you can really affect them and i think you've got to be really mindful of how you use language yeah. and that um and the effect you can have on people yeah. and the great thing is you can have a really great effect but it requires introspection mm. and uh wanting to get be be more mindful of what you're doing and better at your craft yeah. i think that's um and I said this before, but that's the thing I really love about this as a as a craft, as an occupation, vocation, whatever you want to call it, um, is that you you can it never stops. As in it, it, it <laughs> like yoga never ends. It always always developing, and as so can your way of communicating that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's interesting. I think it's pro- you're probably in a like a similar boat as well. That um, you know, we're, we'll be relatively new as teachers, um, and. I think it's, it it's. I feel like traditionally, or maybe in the past, people would have been kind of experts when they started to teach. You know what I mean? Whereas I definitely don't feel like I was an expert when I started to teach, and but I don't. I don't feel I would have been exposed to this kind of thinking if I hadn't have started teaching. But it's a funny thing to sort of like learn on the job. Yeah. <laughs> like it's. Uh, yeah, it's really really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that requires a little bit. It does require vulnerability, yeah. and to um, when you, when you're feeling, yeah, you, you, almost like it sounds like uh, uh, what's the word? Like um, is it an oxymoron? But kind of being confident in your vulnerability, yeah. almost, yeah. you know, allowing yourself to to be vulnerable. And uh, I, because I, I wish I, I had had that. That was what I found quite off putting when I first about thing about yoga. Is I, I thought of someone who was like a guru who'd really be preachy mm. and a bit like it reminded me of the church, and I didn't like that really. So that's what put me off. So hopefully, maybe the newer way of teaching yoga, like almost sharing yoga yeah. and you learning from us learning from the students students learning from yeah. us it can encourage it lowers the barrier of entry yeah. so that you don't need to be able to put your leg behind your head or know the scriptures you, yeah. you can it's funny when I did my teacher training course in India um, and I really really disliked my lead teacher 
<laughs> really? I just thought he was an awful man. Like, I just thought he was a, uh, like not a nice person. Um, What's that? He, he was very, very, very egotistical. Like extremely egotistical. And he it was like a relatively big group during the course. Uh, it was a relatively big course. And he had like, um, you know, assistants and stuff like that. And he was just so rude. Um, you know, we were like, just give me my water. And like, da, da, da. And like. He was a very arrogant man. And I remember the one that always sort of like sticks in my head is that one of the girls in the course, she did like wheel for the first time. And everyone was like, oh, whoa, like, hey, applause and stuff like that. And he's like, do you see how I got her to do wheel? Like, <laughs> did you see how I did this? And I was like, what a dickhead. And and I remember on that course, and again, I wasn't planning on teaching or anything like that, but I was like, I learned so much from him in ways I was like I just don't want to be like that man like I don't want to be yeah. like that um, mm. and I learned so much from that mm. um, and I think yeah. I think obviously you probably would be aware as well I don't know how many I don't know how <laughs> normal people people who don't teach yoga um, or who aren't like massively interested in yoga I'm not sure how aware they would be of like wider trends and stuff like that and obviously I think yoga would be seen as going through a bit of a change at the moment and mm -hmm. um, that there's kind of like a bit of a a sort of like a disconnect between maybe slightly older methods of teaching maybe slightly newer methods of teaching um but i find personally the teachers that i think are most and the teachers that i would see that are making the most difference out there are the ones who are sort of willing to empower people mm. the, the ones who don't don't hide their methods or don't like there's not this like I am going to teach you how to do this. You know what I mean? It's more so, well, if you try these things, maybe this will help you do this. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's the way it should be. Yeah. Um, to remove that like rigid structure of teacher-student. Mm -hmm. Because no matter what level you're at, I personally believe anyways, you're still figuring stuff out. Mm -hmm. um, and to be open about that, to be... Uh, accepting of that and I think to kind of use that as a way to meet students where they're at is just a huge thing uh, yeah. you know what I mean and I think you know whatever comes of yoga stuff in the future wherever it goes if that's one of the outcomes things will change for the better for sure yeah for sure yeah yeah, that guy was a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> and amazing. I learned a lot from him in a lot of ways, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. It taught it taught you how you don't want to be. For sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because um, you could have thought, oh, that's what a yoga teacher is. I don't want to yeah, do this. Yeah. Yeah. Look how amazing that man is. Look how he got her to do wheel. Yeah, Whoa. Like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah so, um, hmm. Yeah, man, I'm conscious of your time. Uh, well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, what, what's what's next for you then? Um, I, I, I don't mean today. I mean in this in foreseeable, the future. foreseeable future. Foreseeable future. Even though planning yeah. is overrated. Um, I don't know. I, I've never, I've never really looked that far ahead. Um, I would see myself. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I, I sometimes play around with the idea of not teaching anymore and um, taking a little break from that. Um, I think that's something somewhere down the line I'll probably step away from teaching for a little while. Um, but I think for a more immediate future, I would like to sort of 
get more into that kind of more personal teaching, mm. like one-on-one stuff or small groups or, for example, me and Paddy recently did like a handstand course and stuff like that. Stuff where you get to work with people individually, individually, consistently. Mm. Um, just from doing stuff like that, I've actually seen really immediate benefits. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think I, I, I would be leaning more towards mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah. What about re- what about retreats then? Retreats, you yeah. Want to do retreats them. are cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to do one in November in Ireland, which I'm kind of like thinking on at the moment. Um, my girlfriend Lauren has a really good tr- retreat coming up in September uh, in Kerry, 13th September, which I'm going on. Uh, I'm not like teaching anything. I'm just going. I sweet because like retreats are awesome. Like they're they're, <laughs> they're really good fun. <laughs> Um, she's also so, a brilliant artist. I should, we should, I should say she's a great artist. Yeah, she's, just, yeah. she's, she's a good eye for like design. Really and, has. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, it's gonna be a nice retreat. Yeah. If anyone is looking to go on a retreat, you should come. <laughs> um, you're doing one too. That's sold out, isn't it? That's kind of yeah. Yeah. Are you looking forward to that? Yeah, I'm. I'm really. I, I know all the people going. So what's the plan? Um, what's the plan? Oh, it's very planned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, well, the plan is go down Friday night. Um, have dinner, do a practice. Well, I do a practice, have a dinner. And then Saturday, we are going to do a hike, a mm-hmm. guided hike with this guy who's supposed to be, um, he's going to talk, he, he, like, he talks about like the plants, the flowers, and mm-hmm. where they're from originally and Very what cool. they can be used for, for medicine, all that kind of stuff. And then um, we have a hot tub as well, one of these big um, wooden hot tubs that they actually get from Electric Picnic. The same ones these electric picnic oh, they yeah. buy them from there yeah and um so i, I was it i went to this retreat center myself but um yeah i'm looking forward to it. it's my first retreat again and um it's it, cool it's a really I, nice experience i'm really excited it's just again the organization when you do something for the first time i've realized like how to next time make it a bit more refined a bit more streamlined that's mm. the word um yeah mate so that that's retreat obviously teacher training starting in september workshop in october no august sorry and then after that after this august 31st workshop Mm -hmm. i'm just going to focus purely on um teacher training Mm -hmm. i'm I'm not going to do workshops for a while and just do teacher training um and give that you know 100 percent um yeah mate that's that's pretty much i mean so, so far so good i can't believe that like you know things is i mean we're very lucky to do what we do i feel very lucky anyway extremely man and you know it's it's like i i I jump out of bed in the morning i mean i I, i've i absolutely am just so happy to be able to um have so much empowerment in in my life you know Mm. and um do you have days where it's a struggle or is it always mate funny you say that funny funny you say that because what day is it today tuesday tuesday yeah so on friday couldn't get out of bed yeah um, because it was so hot Thursday night, it was really hot, really, really hot, and uh, I, I slept really badly. And then my my girlfriend made it, it was like she couldn't believe I was. Normally I get up at like five. Honestly, mate, it's nuts. Mm. I get up really early. I jump. Anyway, I couldn't get up, and I thought, right, there's one thing I'm gonna do today. I'm gonna do my yoga. I, I do yoga practice every morning anyway, but I'm gonna. I, I, I didn't want to do it for the first time in a long time. I remember mm. I didn't want to do it, but I did it, and it just it just reminds you that like man, sometimes moving and breathing paying attention to how you're feeling yeah. like when it when you're doing it automatically you don't you don't really realize the benefits but that morning i was like i feel like shit today mm. and i did it um and 
yeah, my day was much better than if I if I didn't. But um, Amy Apolity talks about how yeah, um, every time you practice, you're adding to your spiritual savings account. <laughs> um, nice. And so some days, like things are going good, you don't like you've got loads of money, you don't really need to save, but you do it anyway. Um, and then there will come that day when you'll just kind of need to draw on that savings account a little bit. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I think it's a cool thing that even the times you're practicing, I don't like you know, you know, uh, it might not feel essential that you practice. You're still just topping up that savings account for the times that you need it. Mate, that's such a brilliant way of explaining it because I'm quite methodical. Like I'll say, right, tomorrow morning, this is what I'm practicing. This is what I do. I take a moment to be grateful, do my chanting. um, And but that morning, I didn't want to do anything. And, And sometimes like... It's not a great slogan, but something is better than nothing. I thought mm. I you like I I'm I like to feel like progressing, and whether that be physically or emotionally or spiritually, but um, but again, if you just get on your mat, and I know it sounds very cliche, but like if you just get on your mat sometimes and just don't even think about having an objective, just move, breathe, look after yourself. It's uh, it adds to that bank account. For sure. yeah. you gotta love yourself man otherwise you, know, you love yourself then you can love everyone else well yeah there's for you there is nothing else only yourself you know nice you, you gotta look after number one yeah <laughs> but not in a selfish way yeah yeah you can't pour from an empty cup exactly have we got any more quotes um, <laughs> I heard a really good quote recently but I can't remember what it is now <laughs> I do like a good quote like I do a, too I'm a fan of a good quote yeah but, same here yeah. yeah well Brian mate that's been a pleasure I'm sure, I think you've I think you've probably broken time for the longest podcast ever really I, I hope because oh. this is this is great um, yeah mate a lot so, of pondering a lot, a lot of, of po- silences so if you let them out <laughs> I know, I know, nah man I leave, I leave it all in um, but uh yeah, cool, bro. Pleasure, mate. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed that. Before I let you go, two events that are coming up are Fueling Flow on August 3rd and Heels Overhead on August 31st. So all information can be found on my website, kevinboyyoga.ie forward slash events, comma, was it a comma? Like a little dash, retreats. Um, yeah, you can find all information there. If you would like to share the podcast on your IG stories, that would be fantastic. It always helps. And please leave a review if you have a chance. As always, this podcast was brought to you by Small Changes. Small Changes are a local, organic, eco-friendly, plant-based whole food store here in Dublin. They offer products, refills, a juice bar, and they believe in a zero-waste ethos. I believe in them. I think it's really important to support the local community. So if you're in Dublin, then pop into them in drum conjure and have a browse thanks as always for listening and i'll catch up with you next week